You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Amy Hill. Amy, thanks so much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Amy, we're going to talk about your show at Fortnite Institute, which is running from January 5th of 2023 to February 11th. And I, I, I want to talk about this, this work. It's, um, the title of it is Future Presidents, which you know, I, I think I understand as, as meaning um, about the depictions of children, what they'll become, who they are, but perhaps you mean something else. Can you tell me a little bit about that, that title, Future Presidents? Um, it comes from, I started, my inspiration was folk art, and folk artists were painting a lot of children. That's a very common subject. And I began to think about childhood and how it's changing over the years, you know, the decades, and and also inspired by my uh, addiction to listening to the news and wondering about, like, you know, Putin and Trump and all the leaders lately. So I put the two together, sort of, and was thinking about, like, will this generation produce better leaders than the ones we have? And is it a generation that will age out? You know, are children changing? You know, it's kind of an anthropological study. I like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I certainly hope that the children now will produce better leaders, but that's always an interesting question, right? Like, you know, uh, these leaders like Putin and, and, and Trump and others, like they were babies once, right? They were little babies, uh, as innocent as can be, and it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to imagine that, uh, you know, in, in many ways because they seem like, um, you know, such... Um, the opposite of innocent. <laughs> to be right, modest, but right? it's like what happened like their parent what happened with their parents, you know, like I was researching like Pol Pot, Hitler, you know, all these despots we've had as leaders and they had horrible childhoods. So that's part of it too, you know. How are they being raised? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I just read something about um, Hitler's childhood, and you know, it was it was it was kind of it was interesting because it was that was by Karl Over Kanausgard, and a Norwegian writer, and, and and he was sort of saying that Hitler had an unremarkable childhood, that nothing looked terribly traumatic. Although, in you know, in in, in retrospect, you know, we, we kind of try to figure out, well, this must have been the trauma, or this must have been the trauma. But in fact, you know, from what he put together, he was just a, you know, a, a shy kid, sort of like himself, that had trouble socializing. You know, didn't have the hallmarks of a, of a, of a monster uh, at a at a young age, which which makes it even more kind of curious, right? We we want to know what they must have been doing at a young age that that showed signs of this, but. Um, I mean, according to him, a lot of times we don't know what those signs are till biographers write about them after the fact and, uh, and maybe read a little bit into it, you know, but the childhood most likely was, there's a, there's a lot of traumatic childhoods, you know, they don't all turn into be monsters. It's, it's such a difficult and strange subject, really. 
Yeah, I know. And I think there's like a lot of denial about psychological, looking at people psychologically. Like, how did Trump become president? You know, like, how did we allow that to happen? And also, um, for Hitler, of course, he wanted to be an artist. (laughs) And he was not successful at being an artist. So there you go. (laughs) Be careful, you know, your artist careers don't come out well, you know. Right, right. I know that's a that's a kind of a a scary anecdote, anecdote, which of course is um, yeah is accurate. So to talk about some of the works in here, um, you know, there's um, there's a number of works that are done in a, in a very specific style. There's one called Family Breakfast, which maybe speaks a little bit to what we're we're talking about now. But this is um, this is a child, a very small child, with what looks like his parents and. Uh, you know, this this drew me in because, as you're saying, folk art was in some ways your inspiration, and and the way you paint, um, the way you draw figures, uh, yeah, seems seems influenced by different styles, right? There's a, um, a number of things in here, from from you know Botero to uh, to to other artists that are that are inspiring a very specific stylized technique, right? Well, I actually started by being inspired by uh, Renaissance painting, which actually the folk artists looked at Renaissance painters. um, And the family breakfast that you talked about is actually based on Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, an old painting of them. And I updated it, sort of, which is what I do mostly with all my art is like, I think, well, what would this painting look like today? You know, or if this artist is looking today, what would he do with these characters? So, um, I forget the question. Oh, the style. Well, yeah. He, so he, I was inspired. What you're drawing on. Yeah. From, 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 right, right. From the so the style is a combination, I would say of my own, uh, naivete. I'm not very trained as a painter, and then my learning from the masters, the Renaissance painters, and then learning from folk artists, even though they are naive, they have, you know, qualities I admire too. They're refreshing in, in a way and um, not overstudied, which the Renaissance are. So it's a combination of all those styles. Plus, I do like the tarot, and I think that's just a natural outcome of the way I paint. I like to make everything round. And I don't like brush strokes. Um, I like to smooth everything out. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of factors. And and there's so much, you know, uh, there's a story in these, right? The the one we're we're talking about now, uh, family breakfast has, of course, all these objects in the foreground that many of us are used to, but are essentially contemporary, gluten-free bread to soy butter, and um, or, right, these are, you know, organic cornflakes. It's kind of really wonderful. It makes me smile because there's a, an almost a, a disconnect between, yeah, what looks like um, a biblical scene, now that you say it, and um, and, and extremely contemporary objects in, in, in front of us, right? This is that, this is that, and it looks like the child even has a, like an iPad or something, perhaps under his or her arm, um, you know, so there's a, 
there's a tension here, right? That I don't know if I'm the only one that reads that or that's how you see it, but between... No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you see that. No, that's, it's supposed to be funny, actually. I mean, um, the tension might come from the juxtaposition of these old people with these new objects, you know, like the classic, you know, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus with um, health food. Um, I mean it to be funny, definitely. And I think that my narrative, um, I like to tell stories, and I worked as an illustrator for like 20 years uh, before I was a painter. And so I was illustrating stories. And, you know, as an illustrator, you have to, there is a narrative aspect to it. So I think it comes out of that. And, yeah, um, I was a little bit inspired, I think, when I look back by, like, Mad Magazine. I don't know if you know, if you've ever read sure. it, but, you know, they, they spoof. They spoof on funny, on classic, you know, movies and paintings. I mean, that's the essence of a lot of their humor. Right, right, right. Yeah, the family breakfast, of course, is... Uh... Yeah, now now seems clear in that way, and um, yeah, I'm smiling as we talk about it because it's yeah, there's a there is a wonderful sense of humor to that, and and and, and the sense of humor is is important, I think, because we don't often see that in painting. Um, you know, we there are often subjects that uh, you know, for lack of a better word, just don't have a sense of humor, you know, or or about something else, and humor is in itself so disarming, right? It, it brings us in and, and kind of allows us to, I think, let down our guard and experience art in a, in a different way, perhaps. Yeah, well, I don't know. A lot of people take the art world so seriously, and I never let myself fall into that. I mean, yeah, it's something I do, and it's something I enjoy doing, and there is like a marketplace. There's a lot of business aspect but I don't want to get too serious about it. I don't think art is that mm. precious. I mean, um, children make it. I don't know. I, I just see people that um, treat it like uh, like artists are gods, you know. Mm. And I don't know if I agree with that. I just have a good time making it. Mm. And I want to make people laugh. And in that particular uh, painting, there was a lot of food on the table. But it was like, you know, cheese and bread and... I just thought, what if I made it into health food, you know, kind of like yeah, making like fun of, like contemporary people are, are extremely obsessed with um, eating well and, and fooling themselves at times that, that they are eating well, you know. There's all kinds of variations. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, I really love that. So to talk about another one, there's one called Girl in a Revolving Door. Uh, another painting that seems quite a bit different than the rest. A lot of the rest are um, are much closer in. This is the only one that that I've seen that seems to be a full body, and um, and it's so candid, right? This this isn't typically a posed shot. I mean, I, I suppose the woman on Zoom is also like a two, but in but in this one, um, there's a lot happening. There's there's so much in the foreground and the background and. We don't know whether she's coming or going and her dog and the people out there. Uh, but what, what what draws me in is also all these things all over her her jacket, which is, to, to me, a very contemporary element there. Um, is is how, how, how is that one um, created? Well, actually, a lot of these. Uh, I, I, don't have, 
I don't have children. I don't see children. You know, they're not part of my world. So I have to do a lot of research. <laughs> so I found I found a lot of images on Google. Don't tell anyone. And um, I like that jacket. I just thought that was a cool jacket. And it had a lot of detail, and I'm like crazy for detail, anything that takes me a long time to do. Um, so I kind of make a collage, and I have this vision of a revolving door. I want to get more into doing backgrounds rather than just groups of people, portraits. I want to incorporate environments more in my work. So I was attracted to this really shiny door, golden, you know, revolving door, and put a child in it because you don't really see children in revolving doors, right? It's usually adults going to business. You don't, you wouldn't see right. a child alone, especially with a dog. So then again, right, it's right. going to be funny, you know? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, um, and then also, you know, to speak of a few others, there's one that um, that also really drew me in and has a number of stylized elements with trees and buildings in the background, but it's young woman with strange object. Uh, I mean, of course, you could have named that object or something, but it makes it look almost like a like a magic trick or, or something that's, uh, you know, uh, of the occult or something, a strange... Object. Yeah, it's I think I'm, one of those, uh, those like a sparker spinner kind of wheel, but still, it, it's it's mysterious there a bit, and she's looking so serious. Well, I think that ties into like what kind of adult will she become? Like, there's all this mystery to childhood, you know, like that it feeds into it. Like, what is that object? Where is that object leading? You know, what you know, what can it do for her? She's holding it. You know, will it make her a better adult? You know, um, is it affecting her and why did she choose it? It's actually, I wanted a radiometer. I don't know if you know what that is. But a, I, don't know, I, I don't know what a radiometer stand. is. Yeah, what, what uh, is I think a radiometer? It, it stands, if you put it in the sun, it's got a little propeller inside it. It's like a glass bulb with a propeller. And if you put it in the sun, the propeller is sensitive to the light and will spin. But I couldn't find one. I couldn't find a good picture of one, and I like this one. This is uh, part of a computer. I'm not sure what it is. And it doesn't radiate like that, but I liked making the radiation lines, you know. The So, yeah, it's about mystery, the mystery of childhood. I like that. And, 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 and others, perhaps the ones we talked about were a bit mysterious. Some of these others seem more straightforward and um, and also have a, a sense of humor. The one called Shopper is, uh, is, is a woman that almost looks familiar, you know, like something from a television show or movie, and she's absolutely, you know, overflowing with shopping bags. It looks like too much to carry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, have fun with that. It's just a portrait of somebody who's materialistic. Like, you know, I grew up with people like that. I guess I know people like that now, but it's from my own childhood. Yeah, and it's well. It also seems like a New York scene. You know, the buildings in the background, the the cosmopolitan New Yorker, the the, the constant shopper, right? From all of these places that that seem to you know. Um, but but again, her she has a very serious look, right? It, it doesn't look like what you'd see in 
the kind of photographs someone would take of, of someone shopping in New York, right? There's, um, there's a seriousness to her. There's a, there's a, in, in all these figures, there seems to be a kind of uh, an, an interior life that, that you could read into, that I could read into, or that we could imagine what they're thinking. Like there's another one called Tea, where um, there's two people sitting there having tea, and one's looking down, the other's looking away, and it feels like there's a, there's a whole interior story happening there. Are, are, are these people breaking up, having an argument? Are they being contemplative? You know, it, it's, that's one thing that strikes me in all of these, but we could talk about tea a little bit in, in that regard, of there being uh, kind of internal stories. Is that something that you, you think about, or am I just reading definitely. that? Definitely. No, definitely. And I have to say I struggle to keep these faces neutral so that you can read into them. I mean, it's really hard for me to make a face that doesn't have any expression at all. Like sometimes they look angry, you know, I, I end up with a face that's too angry or too happy or too worried, and, and I just want the faces to be neutral, you know, to say nothing and let the viewer decide what's going on. And if you put two people together at a table, pretty much there's something going on between them. And I like to leave it up to the viewer. I don't know the story. One of the women has like a spoon, so maybe she was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. The other one is more plain, so maybe she's like less privileged. I don't know, you know. Yeah, they're that's trying to have tea together. They're trying to be together in some way with the tea. So. Yeah, that's that's really it's it's a it's a beautiful image, you know. To to me, it's beautiful because there seems to be a certain kind of intimacy there that um that you know that we've all experienced in one way or another. But you know, uh, also also the idea of a kind of, of a kind of quiet meal or not speaking and um and 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 one of them, I mean, like so many, is is also looking away, looking at the viewer, right, which is an, an unusual thing. I mean, it happens in so many of these. And woman on Zoom, girl in a revolving door, that looks like maybe you're taking a picture um, or, or what we might imagine or have seen in terms of photography. But, you know, this, this looking directly at the, at the viewer is, um, is also an interesting formal technique, right? Uh, in, in tea, one of them is looking directly at us almost, and the other isn't so it, it that creates another kind of psychological uh, uh, form of intrigue or something to to me because you're we're involved we're we're implicated we're almost being asked something it seems um, does, does that make yeah. sense or do you do you not see it that way yeah no 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 i i I really struggle to make the eyeballs in the exact right position so that they're looking at the viewer, which is not easy for me. Uh, but I was looking at the Renaissance painting, the portraits, and they do not ever, they rarely look at the viewer, and that is because they're actually looking at God. Like, they're they're usually pious people looking inward towards, you know, their, 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 who, they admire, who they admire, and my people are, they're confrontational, almost. And, um... There, there, there is, and I think that's a contemporary quality. 
the folk artists too. They looked at directly at the that the um, painter when they were sitting. So it's a more contemporary um, kind of self assurance, self you know confidence to look directly at the viewer. I like that so much. It's it's uh, it's wonderful talking to you about this. I, I wish you the best with this show. And I, I want to ask you one more question, a little off topic. I'm always curious what everybody's reading. What are you reading at the moment? I'm reading, I'm rereading a book that I read like 10 years ago, um, Swan's Way by Proust uh, from Remembrance of Things Past. And it's amazing. I mean, he's such a great writer. Um, I know it's easy to say great writer, but he really delves into like these really trivial, minuscule um, aspects of life that you wouldn't think could be interesting at all. Like he goes on for like three pages about a church steeple and how the church is like reaching up to God and what the steeple represents to him, not even the whole church, just the steeple. And um, he just has a way of, digging really deeply into uh, things that you just take for granted. I want to thank you so much for talking with me today and, uh, and, and, um, and putting together this show. Amy, thanks again, and uh, I, I wish you well with this exhibit. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.